we started into a new series last week, we were talking about if God said it, the authority of God's Word. And we talked last week about how if God said it, then He means it. God means it, amen? When God said something in His Word, He really meant it. Every word that's written in this Bible that you have on your lap this morning or on your phone, He means every word of it, amen? Not like me, not like me. I say some things that, that I do mean with the greatest of intentions, but, but they're not as solid as God's Word, amen? I may let you down. There's things that I may want to do, desire to do, that I may never get around to doing. But God in His Word, if He gave you His Word, He means it. Amen? He means it. He really means His Word. You know, God's Word is so important to Him. You know that, don't you? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is important both to us and to God. Matthew 4 and verse 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You might think that Dunstores or Little or Aldi is your supply, maybe McDonald's or some other fast food restaurant if you want. You may think that that's what you live by, but the truth is we don't live by bread alone. We live by the Word of God. Amen? Psalms 119 and verse 101 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and your feet, and it is a light to our path. Amen? Your, God's Word. And John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the very beginning, whenever that was. Amen? But in the very beginning was the Word. Amen. The Word has been around from the very beginning. Amen. And that Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word is so important to God. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, it says that God is watching over His Word to perform it. Can I tell you, church, if we were to say no more this morning, I want you to know that the Word of God is so important to God. Amen? He really holds His Word so closely. Amen? So today I want to answer uh, the question, why should I trust God at His Word? It's an important question. And I think today I have six, well, some quick and some slower points that I want to give you, uh, as in reasons why we can trust God. The first one is because God always sees the bigger picture. God always sees the bigger picture, church. From your vantage point, you may not see the bigger picture at the moment, but I can assure you that God sees the bigger picture. You know, I love maps. I love maps. There's nothing I would rather do than sit down and spread a map over the kitchen table and look at it for hours. I love maps. And they can't be, as, uh, it can't be too detailed for me. I love, you know, the big maps that you get. And I love the really small maps, like, like uh, the, what, what would it be? One inch to a mile maps. You know, I love them. Looking at maps, I love old maps. I love new, modern maps. I love updated maps. I love maps. You know why I love maps? Because with a map, you can see the bigger picture. You can see how big their, your country is. You can see how big your county is. You can see how big your parish is. 
You can see it on the maps. I absolutely love maps. Maps give you an overview of the space all around you. With a map, you can see what you cannot see from your position on the ground. I remember back in the 80s, there was this company that went around this country selling aerial maps of people's houses. And what they did is they flew this small, light aircraft around all over the country, and they'd pick different parishes at a time. And, and when they'd pick a parish, they'd photograph people's houses and their properties as they flew over them. And what they do then is they'd take the pictures, and they'd go and they'd sell the pictures to people. They'd go knocking door to door, asking people were they interested in it. And people loved it. You can still go into some people's houses today and you'll see the picture on the wall of the aerial view of their houses. It's amazing. I remember a time before Google Maps. Anybody remember the time before Google Maps? Well, there was a time before Google Maps. With Google Maps today, you can just go in and you can have a look at your house. You can have a look at your neighbor's house and see what's in the back garden of your neighbor's house. You know, Google Maps is, is great if you want to just be, you know, nosy or whatever. You want to see what's going on around the place. But unless, on, if you were back in the 80s, unless you owned a small aircraft or a hot air balloon, you couldn't see that. But today, everybody can see it. I want you to know, church, that God always sees the bigger picture. God always sees he, he, he's, he sees what's going on. Amen? He sees the stuff that's going on in your life today. You know, you're there. You're in your position that you're in today. And you have this stuff going on. You know, these troubles going on, these, these issues that's going on in your life, these problems, maybe the, a health issue, maybe a, a relational issue, maybe a legal issue. You have these things going on in your life, and, and your, your vantage point is from your seat. It's from where you are today. And you know these things that are going on. But I want you to know that your vantage point is yours. But God's vantage point is, is so much higher. God sees the bigger picture. Amen? God sees the stuff that's going on, but he also sees the solution. Amen? And God wants us to trust him that he always sees the bigger picture. Amen? A lot of times we can't see any further than right in front of our face. We can't see any further than, than what's going on in, in our immediate surrounds. But God sees everything that's made up that issue. God sees the solution to that problem. Amen? And we need to trust God that He has taken us through issues. Amen? 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 God is not bringing us to an issue and, and helping us to, to live in that issue. God wants to bring us through the issue. Amen? And out the other side. So no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you're going through, even if you can't see it right now, I want you to know that God always sees the bigger picture and we need to trust Him in the process. Amen? Trust God in the process because there is a process. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 29, 11. My absolute favorite scripture at the moment. It's a foundational scripture for everything that I've been teaching around for the last number of months. And you're going to hear it 
and hear it, hear it again and again over this next few weeks, so get used to it. God's speaking to you. He says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I love the way the easy-to-read version explains it. It says this, it says, I say this because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. God sees the bigger picture. Amen? From where we are, we just see the immediate surrounds all around us, but God sees the bigger picture. Amen? And if we trust God, God will guide us through everything that we're going through. Amen? He's kind of like our eye in the sky. Years ago, I don't know whether they still do it or not, years ago, the traffic management systems of our country and all around the world and some radio stations, they used to have an eye in the sky is what they call it. It was basically a guy who used to watch the traffic in, in the big cities in the world. And when there'd be traffic jams here, the eye in the sky was able to tell you exactly on the radio what was causing the traffic jam and guide you around it. We need to keep our ear to our eye in the sky. Amen? We need to trust our God that He is doing something. We may not understand it. We may be in circumstances and situations at the moment we're thinking like, you know, why God? Why is this happening? What's going on, Lord? Trust God. He knows what He's doing. Amen? He always sees the bigger picture. Amen? Second reason that we need to trust God at His Word is because He cares for us. Church, I don't believe not one of us here has got any kind of a revelation of how much our God cares for us. Oh yeah, I know we believe and we say, oh yeah, God cares for me. He loves me. But I guarantee you there's not one of us has a true revelation of how much our God cares for us. If we did, it would change your life. It would change your life. It would turn your life upside down. God is concerned for you. Those things going on in your life, God is concerned about them. He cares about them, amen? God is not like this absentee landlord who just leaves you to fend for yourself, who just drops you here on the earth and says, you know what, I'm going to leave you for the next 80 or 90 years to fend for yourself. I'll come back and sort you out then. No. God cares for you, amen? He cares about the things that you care about. He cares about the stuff that you're going through, the experiences that you're experiencing. God cares about the stuff that's going on in your heart, about the problems, about the issues, about the health scares. God cares about you. Amen. He cares about you. God loves you. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God, is He your God? He's your God. And your God, shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, God will supply for you. He will take care for you because He cares about you. He cares about you. Amen? He will take care of all of your needs. Your need of peace. Anybody need some peace? Praise God. Joy, happiness, health, healing, 
wholeness? Anybody need that? Anybody need financial needs taken care of? Anybody have legal issues going on? Anybody have relational problems going on? Well, God said He would take care of them. Amen. God cares for you. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in glory that pours from Jesus. God will take care of you. Amen. Anybody here have or had, I'm speaking to, to, to the Irish people here, the older Irish people, as it were. Anybody have a feeder, mammy? Now, maybe this is a universal thing. We call them feeder Irish mammies. You know when you say you're full and your mammy gives you more food anyway? You know when you had to play out, you're after eating your dinner and in comes the mammy again and she says, you have more, won't you? No, no, I'm full, ma'am. I'm, I'm serious, I'm full. You know, have another bit, you will, won't you? No, no, I honestly have enough. No, no, here you go. And, and you're wasting your time protesting. You have some more carrots, won't you? Yeah, no, no, I have enough carrots. You have a grand, no, no. no you have a bit more. Piles it on there. And before you know it, even though you're full, before you know it, your plate is full again. We call them feeder Irish mammies. No matter how much you insist that you're full, how much you insist that you've already eaten in McDonald's earlier. So McDonald's is nothing to an Irish mammy. They don't consider McDonald's to be food. That's only a snack. You still have to eat your dinner, amen? So you've eaten McDonald's. You've been out all day. You've had a, a half an hour ago, I mean. You still have to sit down to your dinner because Irish mammies are feeders, Amen? They will insist, even if you are full, they still insist. It's their nature. Amen? It is their nature to do what they do. And I think it gives us a perfect picture of the nature of our God. The way that God wants to provide for His children, I think, can be described as consistent with an Irish feeder mammy. If we trust Him. God is saying, you know, you have this. I'm going to bless you with this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're trusting me. You know, you're, you're trust Here you go. Have more of it. You know, oh no, Lord, you know, my cup overflows. Isn't that in the Word of God? Our God is an overflowing God. Well, I mean, who needs an overflow? I mean, come on, like, overflow causes a mess, don't it? When you overflow your drink, when you're pouring it, it causes a mess. If you put too much food on your plate that it overflows the side, it makes a mess. But God don't care about no mess, Amen. God wants to overflow His children. Amen? Because that's His nature. He's an overflower. Even if you think you've enough, even if the vessel or the, the reciprocant that you have there to take the drink or take the food is full, God is like, here, have some more. You're trusting me. I love you. Here, have more. Come on, put on some more there. Because God's resources are unlimited. Amen? We serve an unlimited God who wants to pour out his blessings on his children. Not only does God want to provide for your physical needs, but he also wants to provide for your spiritual needs. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. I love it. It says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love it. God demonstrated. God didn't just use words, because we're all good with words, aren't we? God didn't just use words, He used words, but He also demonstrated His love for us. That while we were still sinners, while we were still far from God, whether the thought of God was ever even entered in our mind, while we were still 
sinners. He gave us Jesus. Amen? God will provide for us. God cares for us. He is concerned for us. He will take care of us. He will provide for us. 1 Peter chapter uh, 5 and verse 7, it says that we, you and I, when we have issues, we are to cast our cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for us. He cares for you. He loves you. He cares about you. And He's saying, you know what? Those cares, those issues, those problems, those needs, those wants, those whatever you have going on in your life, He's saying, you know what? Don't worry about them. Throw them on me. I'll take them. I'll take them. Throw them over here to me. Come on, I'll take them. Come on, give them here to me. Come on. I don't want to, you don't need to carry them. I'll carry them. It's like the perfect picture as we we're talking today on Father's Day. It's like the perfect picture of a perfect father. Amen? There's no way any father would see their child struggle when they can carry more weight. Amen? Amen? The perfect father would see his child struggling with weights and even though they're already weighed down themselves, they say, here, give them to me. I'll carry them. And even when their child gets tired, then what would the father do? Not only carry the baggage, not only carry the weights, not only carry all that sort of stuff. If he saw their child tired and unable to go any further, the perfect father would throw the child up in his arms too. That's what God wants to do for us. Amen? Because he is our perfect Abba Father, our Daddy. He says, anything that's weighing you down, any issue that you have, throw it over onto me. I'll carry it. I'll take care of it. I'll carry your weight. Amen? God wants us to cast, throw, hurl, toss all of those anxieties, all of those worries onto Jesus because he really does care for you. The word there, care, in the original uh, Greek is the word milo, and it's found 10 times in the New Testament, and it literally means he is interested in and concerned about you. Our God is interested in you. He is concerned about you. Number three, reason to trust God. God will never, never, ever leave you. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that a little bit before, He'll never leave you or forsake you. It says, He will go with you. Sometimes we think we're on our own. Sometimes we think we have to go through this issue on our own, this illness, this uh, legal issue, this relational problems that we go through. Sometimes we think that we have to go through these things on our own. But the Word of God says that God will go with you. You know, there's no place that you can go that God is not with you. Amen? No issue that you'll go through that God is not right there with you. No problem that you will ever come up against that God is not with you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. People will abandon you. They'll walk out on you. Culture could even cancel you. But you know what? God is stuck with you. Amen? For some of us, we might think, you know, because, well, you know, <laughs> stuff that I've done. <laughs> Don't matter. God's stuck with you. Amen? God is stuck with you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God is stuck with you. There's nowhere you can go. No distance too far. No height too high. No depth too low. That God won't be right there with you. Psalms 139 <clears throat> and verse 7, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light and the light become night around me, even the darkness will be not dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Do you get that? In essence, that means ain't nowhere you can go that God won't be there. Amen? Amen. Nowhere. God will never abandon you. People will abandon you. People will hurt you. People will leave you. But I want you to know today, God will never leave you. God will never abandon you. Amen? Amen? God wants to protect you. He wants to take care of you. He wants us to rely on Him. Put our trust in Him. Amen? And He will take care of you. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, it says, And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with you always. Always. In every way. Amen? Number four. Praise God, we're winding this up. Reason to trust God at His word is that God will fight for you. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Praise God. How many of us feel like at some stage during the week that I got I to gotta fight? <laughs> Them's fighting words there, you know. That's, you're, you're challenging me now, you know what? Your, your situations, issues, problems, people, they cause us to want to fight. Someone says something nasty to you online. You're, I mean, you're rolling up your sleeves. I'm going to get into this now. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm, I'm going to tell him off. People put you down. People put your church down. People say stuff against you, say stuff, and you're ready to fight. Say something against your football team. Say something against your country. You're ready to fight. Can I tell you, we don't need to fight. Amen? We don't need to fight. Because God fights our battles for us. Amen? God fights our battles for us. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they didn't have to lift a finger to fight their way out. God did it all for them. Amen? And they were slaves. God freed them without them ever having to even break a sweat. When they came near the promised land for the first time and they sent the spies into the land, the spy out of the land, you see, anybody recognize the mistakes that Moses made there? He made several mistakes. I want to read you this passage real quick. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 17. When Moses was given his instructions to the spies, he sent him into the land. He said there in verse 17, it says, Moses sent him to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go in, up into the land of Nehead and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether they are trees or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was of the season of the first grapes. You see, the mistake that Moses made there. He made several, but you know what his biggest and his most fatal mistake was? 
shouldn't have sent the spies into the land in the first place. You know, we have this lovely story of the spies going into the land and coming back out, and 10 came out with negative reports. Two, Joshua and Caleb, came out with a positive report. Do you know what I'm going to tell you? The biggest mistake Moses made was sending the spies in there in the first place. Why? Because sending the spies in there meant that Moses didn't trust God. Because before, long and ever, before they got to the place where they were, God said to Moses, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. So what should Moses have done? Trusted God's word. Amen? He should have trusted God's word. If God said, I'm bringing you to a land flowing with milk and honey, that's exactly what Moses should have believed God. And when they came to the point of ready to cross over into the promised land, they should have just went up said, right, come on, lads, let's go and take this land that God gave us. But he didn't. He didn't trust God at his word. Church, we need to trust our God at his word. Trust him. Amen? Because you know what happened when they didn't trust God? They spent 40 years marching around the desert. 40 years marching around the desert because they didn't trust God's word. And every one of them, from the day that they left, from the day that they left Egypt, anyone who was 20 years of age and over all died in the desert. Only those who were 20 years of age and younger went into the promised land. Why? Because Moses didn't trust. If God said it, then he was going to do it. He was going to bring him there. Amen? We need to trust God at his word. Remember when they came up to Jericho? Eventually, when they got to Jericho, and, and uh, Joshua thought, you know what, let's, let's take Jericho. And God said, no, I don't want you to take it. I want you to march around the walls of that city for seven days. At the end of the seventh day, I don't want you to run in there with your, you know, and attack the city. I want you to blow the trumpet and let a big shout out of you. And you know when they trusted God and when they'd done what God told them to do? Walls fell down church we got to trust god at his word amen romans chapter 8 and verse 37 yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us we don't have to fight our own battles trust god amen trust god don't fight your own if you feel i got no one i gotta defend myself no trust god because in him we are more than a conqueror what's that mean we are even more victorious than we could ever be if we had to fight our own battles. Amen? Fifth reason that we have to trust God is that God has a big plan for your life. Look back at, at Jeremiah 29, 11 again. And it says, For I know, God's saying, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Never forget that God does have a plan for your life. I know you might be thinking there, as we said earlier, you might be sitting there in your limited view. You might be just thinking, well, all of this stuff going on around me doesn't look like much, God, that you have a plan for my life. But God has a plan. Amen? God has a plan. Back in the 80s, I'm going back to the 80s an awful lot today, I'm sorry. Back in the 80s, maybe you've all seen it maybe in, in reruns, but we had the A-team. Anyone see the A-team? I love the A-team. The A-team was great. But what was his name? Hannibal, wasn't it? He was the boss. And at the end of every show, he used to, he used to put a plan together to get him out of this, this impossible situation. At the end of every show, he'd say, I love it when a plan comes together. Well, I want you to know God 
has a plan for your life. It may seem at your limited perspective, it may seem impossible. It may seem you're on the road to nowhere. But I want to tell you that if you keep trusting God and keep allowing Him to guide you, God has a plan for your life. And I think when we enter into heaven, following after God, God will stand there, not with a cigar. He'll stand there and He'll say, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Amen? God has a plan for your life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And one final point. I'll be quick. Praise God. That's number six. God loves you. He loves you. Even if the whole world thinks you're a, and I have here, fill in the blank. Praise God, because I don't know what people think of you. I love you. Praise God. And God loves you. God loves you. No matter what anybody thinks of you, God loves you. One final return to the 80s. I really am sorry if you were born in the 90s. I don't know what happened with all of this, but this is a 90s, this is a 90s message, or 80s message, praise God. If you were from the 80s, or if you listened to any kind of music from the 80s, you'll remember there was a number one song by Glenn Medeiros. It was called, Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You. Have you heard it? Women heard it. They love it. It's a soppy song, sung by a 16-year-old. I mean, come on. The chap was 16 when he sang this song. But if, if you, well, that's, that's your perspective, Amen. You might, if you know the song, you might know the chorus. And the chorus says, Nothing's going to change my love for you. You ought to know by now how much I love you. You know, nothing will ever change the way God loves you. No matter what you do, no matter how far you stray from Him, nothing will change God's love for you. There's another verse in that song. I want to give it to you real quick. It's really corny, but you've got to listen to the words. It says, if the road ahead is not so easy, our love will lead the way for us. Like a guiding star, I'll be there for you if you should need me. You don't have to change a thing. I love you just the way you are. Uh, church, can I tell you, that's what God is saying to you this morning. You don't have to change a thing. He loves you just the way you are. Amen? Our God loves you. We can trust God. Because he loves us. One final scripture, John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved us, so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us so much that he gave us his one and only perfect Son, Jesus, to die for us, that through him we may have eternal life. Amen?